Jedediah is a man who once was a boy and he wrote down all his feelings in a diary to enjoy. Now he's reading it again, reading it for you. Maybe you'll recognize yourself too. Jedediah Diaries, Jedediah Diaries, that's the name of this podcast. And now the song is through. Should we just get into it? Well, I did read one interesting thing today, but it's not podcast fodder. Let's, I mean, you never know. Are you familiar with the Batter-Meinhof phenomenon? I am not. What is that? Well, it's the phenomenon where you like learn a word or see a thing that you hadn't seen before, and then you start seeing it everywhere. Oh, okay. Um, as a psychosis or just as you start to notice? The, it, phenomenon, um, the phenomenon where you where, start to notice something yeah. because you noticed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better Mainhoff, a name given by a reporter who came upon it and then started seeing it everywhere. So this reporter coined the term for that phenomenon. Is that their name? No, that's the name of the thing that they saw. Oh, what is that thing? It was like a German, East German intelligence group or something. Like it has nothing to do oh, other than the fact that this reporter experienced it with that thing. Yeah. It's like the Mandela effect. What is that? Well, let me ask you this. How would you spell Berenstein Bears? How would I spell it if I didn't know how it was spelled? I'm asking you in your mind when you close your eyes and you think of the cover of one of those books about that family of bears, mm-hmm. how is their last name spelled? B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. Incorrect. Really? It's Bernstein? It's Berenstain. T-A-I-N? Yes. Oh, wow. So there's a huge contingent of folks on the internet, me included, who swear to God that it's Berenstein Bears. Yeah. That it was always Berenstein Bears. It was spelled S-T-E-I-N. Yeah. And when you go look it up online or you find one of the books, it's Stain. Really? And it's always been Stain. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's this idea that you... You've Basically, switched, it's the idea that you've, you've, yeah, you've slipped into an alternate dimension <laughs> yeah, yeah. where this one detail is different. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it's named after this idea that a lot of people believe that Nelson Mandela had died in prison, but he didn't. Oh, really? Is that what do you what do you believe? What do I what, what do I happened to about? Nelson Mandela? I I mean, it seems very common knowledge that he was released from prison in ninety three or ninety four. Oh, okay, yeah, ninety one maybe. Okay, and then so he that's became president. that's what happened. South Africa, yeah. And then he died a couple in 2004. I mean, but who doesn't know that that happened? It's called the Mandela effect because there's a not insignificant group of people who know that Nelson Mandela died in prison. Wow. Even though in reality, he didn't. So the idea is that that group of people has have jumped, sort of tumbled into, into this reality <laughs> where we live. Yeah. Let me make sure. Now, what, how would you feel if I called up the history of Nelson Mandela and it turned out that he did die in prison and that we had things backwards right now? I mean, I am so sure of his how his life played out that I would lose my mind. <laughs> I mean, I think that that is... I would go outside and scream. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know what it feels like for everyone who thinks that it's the Berenstein Bears, mm-hmm. not the Berenstein Bears. Yeah, Okay. I've looked it up, and yes, Nelson Mandela did not die in prison in the 1980s. He died in 2013. It's named after that, because that's like where the phenomenon started being talked about and recorded. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that we've experienced some minor Mandela effects this year Mm -hmm. during this podcast. It's true. 
events where our memories don't quite line up with the recorded history. We've also experienced some batter Meinhof. That's true as well. Once we start seeing baths, they're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know about the Mandela effect. That was interesting to me. I always find it interesting when I can teach you something Mm -hmm. because I just assume everybody knows everything I know. Mm -hmm. I have that. Especially you. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is? What do you think it actually is? Why do so many people think it's the Berenstein Bears? Why do so many people think Mandela died in the 80s? Well, Did, is it possible? Could we? Can we just entertain the idea that all of these people have tumbled into a parallel dimension? I think that's one possibility. Do you? But we've in the past invoked Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is usually correct. Yeah. So if we're going to subscribe to Occam's razor, nobody's tumbled mm-hmm. into a parallel dimension. So then what? I think it's just a certain kind of cognitive group madness bias that's re- or not bias, but just a simple misremembering Co- on a cultural level. How is that possible? I have to think that the internet has to go some way in reinforcing these, these misconceptions. That's true. Yeah. You know? I mean that that's definitely because you go online looking for one thing and you find one other person mm-hmm. who thinks it as well. And then you've got a community, the Berenstein bear thing. I know I didn't think it was the Berenstein Bears because of anything I read on the internet, but I think it was because it's pronounced or because so many of us pronounce it Berenstein. You just, in your mind, you spell it a certain way. Even but if, why would we pronounce it Berenstein if it was spelled Berenstein? Because sometimes names are pronounced in ways that don't seem logical. Great point. So I have to think that we didn't look that closely. It was written in a cursive. So you mm-hmm. kind of, you saw the mm-hmm. B and the E and then mm-hmm. you kind of just mm-hmm. maybe filled in the rest in your head. <laughs> what do you think... Now, the Nelson Mandela thing, like, you have had to live under a rock to not know that. (laughs) Because it's not like he was just released from prison. He was released from prison. Apartheid ended. He became the first black president of South Africa. That one I can't so easily explain away. But I think the Mandela effect was the events that named it the Mandela effect Uh occurred while he was still alive. So, I mean, maybe it came about when he was released from prison and people were like, oh, I thought he had, I thought for sure he had, he had died. I'm reading online about the Mandela effect. Someone has postulated that it's an effect of time travel. The Mandela, Mandela specifically, Mm -hmm. that a cohort of people were watching TV Mm -hmm. in the 80s or the 90s, and then they suddenly slipped forward in time Mm -hmm. to the moment that Mandela's funeral was on TV, (laughs) and then slipped back to their original timelines, but (laughs) retained the memory. Yeah. That seems very, I mean, talk about improbable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love (laughs) such a convoluted explanation. But you probably experienced that in your life. I mean, you probably like looked at a book cover for a while and thought it said one thing. Yeah, sure. But that's, yes, of course, we all do. mm -hmm. But that's different from a mass hallucination, (laughs) which is basically what the Mandela effect is. Mm -hmm. If you're going to disregard the quote unquote impossible explanations. Yeah. Time travel, parallel dimensions, Mm -hmm. mass hypnotism. Although theoretically... Maybe not time travel, but the other things could be physically possible. Why not time travel? Because I think physics, as we understand it, disallows for the possibility of at least traveling back in time. Oh, yeah, it's good. But but parallel dimensions? Well, a okay. That's that's still yeah. The jury's still out. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it makes me really happy. <laughs> that used to be something that really could paralyze me with fear or yeah, well, just with like, indecision. Yeah, basically. Um, when I was a child, I mean, my parents still make fun of me today about this, 
there's a story the family tells where I was in uh, the toy aisle mm-hmm. at Ames, mm-hmm. the department store in Morrisville where we grew up, and I was holding two toys, one toy in each hand. And I was looking at the toys, and my mom says to me, you can choose one toy. No, I can't. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't choose. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I couldn't choose is that it wasn't simply a decision I was making in the present moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like this toy or that toy right now, what's it going to be? It was choosing between my entire future <laughs> yeah. with this toy on my left <laughs> right. or my entire future with this toy on my right. And choosing one of these toys would erase that other future I see. From, from the possibility of existing (laughs) yeah and that's a paralyzing decision yeah i didn't i couldn't wipe out this second reality Uh life decisions small decisions anything it's just like every time i'm not just choosing between two things i'm choosing between two futures of course i mean that's 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 so hard to do it is hard to do here's why i don't do that anymore yeah because my conception of reality yeah toy on my left toy on my right there's a right choice and there's a wrong choice. And that, I was always worried I was going to make the wrong oh, choice. Yeah. Now, in the last few years, I've sort of learned and accepted it's not about right and wrong. It's about this and that. Mm-hmm. And whatever decision you make will take you forward mm-hmm. to a different reality, but not necessarily kind of like how you think that when me and Matt are doing something creative together, <laughs> it's it's better. Right. Um, cause you're not there, but no, it's different, Yeah, you know? And, and so, you know, what, whatever toy I choose, I'm going to have the future with that toy. It won't be better. It won't be worse. It'll be different. Yeah. Even if things turn out worse, mm-hmm. even if that toy ends up sucking, you <laughs> made the decision that you, you know, you make the choice that you can with the information you have at the time. It right. took me a long, long time to learn that. Mm-hmm. You did two things and I could understand being paralyzed by decision, but the thing that seemed really destructive was once you'd made the decision to like just play over and over what could have been. Yeah. But that was because once you make a decision and you choose one reality, you Mm -hmm. choose one future to travel forward on Mm -hmm. the only place that alternate reality exists is in your mind. And yeah, I mean, that was the real problem. That's Mm -hmm. where my issues stemmed from Mm -hmm. was the constant fantasizing about what could have been. Mm hmm leading me to be ultimately dissatisfied with whatever I had. I didn't and couldn't realize that if I'd made the other choice, I would have been doing the exact same thing. Right. In both realities, I'm miserable. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no matter what toy I choose. <laughs> I mean, the real solution, I appreciate my parents trying to help me make decisions, but mm-hmm. we could have we could have avoided a lot of trauma if mm-hmm. they just let me get both toys. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that was what set you on your particular path. I was gonna get real dark, but maybe no. I, go for it. The, uh, We're thirty-four weeks in. It's time to it's time to get real. Both of us a couple years ago had a very difficult time mm-hmm. separately. Yeah, our um, own our own little paths. They happened to kind of overlap mm-hmm. just by coincidence, mm-hmm. or was it? <laughs> And we came back from that and like we were feeling well. And the story we told was, oh, we made it through. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. All of those things. Yeah. But then you extend the timeline and you probably will go through another hard time. (laughs) Yeah. And then suddenly that like muddles or complicates the narrative you're telling yourself. On the one hand, you're maybe better prepared or positioned to deal with those dips that that life throws at you. But there's going to be periods where 
the swerves of life don't fit the lessons you thought you'd learn. Like the lessons don't apply or there are things that you didn't invariably you didn't see coming and they don't fit the world that you thought you under, you better understood. I don't know if that makes sense. Sounds like the Mandela effect. (laughs) (laughs) I think that concern can be somewhat alleviated Uh by making sure the story you tell yourself about yourself isn't too simple. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I think by necessity, it's got to be simpler than life because life is infinitely complicated. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think just keeping open the possibility of utter catastrophe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. or, Or just like, Knowing we have very little control, like like embracing the chaos of mm-hmm. life, knowing that everything is not about our decisions, because mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. As much as we can, yeah, we'll decide, we'll choose, you know, we'll go in the direction we want. Mm-hmm. But it would be foolish to think that that was all there was. Isn't it scary, though, to think that, like, at any moment you could, we abstractly, intellectually and experientially to some extent know that, like, life can get very difficult. Yeah. But what scares me maybe more than anything is that you can be trundling along, like thinking the world is one way. Something horrible happens to you and you're like, oh, I thought the world was this. Maybe I abstractly or intellectually knew that these things were possible. Yes. But now I am faced with a world that looks like this, you know? Yeah. That is is a very scary thought to me. Well, I think think that's a very scary thought to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I really think the only defense against that is friendship. And I'm I'm serious. I think friends and family, support oh, yeah. groups, yeah. community, and also don't underestimate the capacity to get used to anything. Yeah, that's a good point. Adaptability. I never used to like salmon, and now I eat it a couple times a week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hello and welcome to week 34 of the Jedi Diaries. Uh, I am your host, Jedediah Baker. I'm Tori Puckett. <laughs> <laughs> oh. August 21st. G, M, P, and E left. Wow. <laughs> they left lots of stuff here. I got some new pants. If you rub the back of Toby's neck, he calms down. Annie's boyfriend, Doug, is cool. Oh, Doug. Doug. Hello, Doug. First appearance of Doug in the diary. I've spelled Doug correctly, and then above it, uh, written in parentheses, Doug, spelled (laughs) D-U-G. So, hmm, I'm not sure how I feel about being 12 years old and not knowing how to spell Doug. Doug. The name Doug, yeah. Was Doug not a cartoon on Nickelodeon in 1993? Yet? Oh, yeah. I think maybe we were a, little, a, little a later year, year or two off from that. <laughs> right. That would have helped you a lot. Yeah, that would have. That would have. Uh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it was pre-Doug. <laughs> Family reunion week is over. Yeah. The Connecticut contingent has gone home. It's gone back. And left a lot of their stuff in our house. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of shed what they, what they didn't want anymore. New pants? New pants. Gearing up for school. Oh, yeah. New pants. School pants. Yeah. School My pants. fresh pants for school. Mm-hmm. I hope they're the right pants. They absolutely are not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope can... they don't have elastic. <laughs> well, I'm afraid they do. <laughs> we'll get into my pants problems when we get to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug. Doug. Yeah. 
Annie's boyfriend today, Annie's husband. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Annie has only been living in Vermont for a few months mm-hmm. at this point, and and she's already met Doug, and he is her boyfriend. Yeah, he's cool and guy. he's cool. I do remember Doug being cool. My do memory you? of Doug back then was that I remember going to the bike path, and him just rollerblading away, and he was an excellent rollerblader. I just remember looking on very enviously. I remember him doing the move like with his hand behind his back, mm, so, skating backwards, skating backwards. I could, you know, and that's right. And rollerblading was cool, new, cool and new yeah. this year. Yeah, this was the apex. Yeah, and he was he was a master at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna call Doug, 2018 Doug, in a few minutes. But before I do, he appears on last week's family reunion tape. Huh. So I wanted to maybe take a look at that and see what we can learn about 1993 Doug. Is that on now? Yes. All right, move it. Move. Come on, Barney. You ready now? The magic trick. That's wonderful. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> So you can hear what Doug is doing, but if you could see what Doug was doing, he is doing a series of magic tricks. <laughs> I mean, magic tricks. Parody are... magic tricks. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of the right word. He's recreating magic tricks using just his hands. Mm-hmm. They're not magic tricks. The magic trick is like he's holding up two fingers on one hand and then he slams his hands together and the two fingers are on the other hand and he acts like that is a trick. <laughs> he does something with his fingers where he makes rings out of them and he, he kind of locks them together as if they're a magic ring. I mean, it's a, it's a... The it's an elaborate yeah. routine. Yeah, it is. Looks like he'd worked it out before. He's still the fairly new boyfriend, oh, so he, right. he has to impress the family. <laughs> He's doing a heck of a job. He's doing a great job. <laughs> I'm impressed 25 years later. <laughs> Let's see what present day Doug has to say. Yeah. <laughs> So was that just something you you had just learned and you were showing off, or was it something you kind of had in your back pocket that you would... It's from years ago, and I just remember it because, I mean, it cracked me up because the guy who actually did it was hilarious. (laughs) I mean, I I do it to practically everyone, and they all get a kick out of it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I love it. What do you remember from 1993? What was that that year? That was the year you met uh, your wife, Annie. I was skating past, and Bobby yells out to me, come here, I've got someone I want you to meet. And so I went over, and he said, she needs a skating lesson. And I said, well, yeah, sure. And and that was when I was actually giving skating lessons. And uh, soon afterward, I gave her a skating lesson, and... I liked her right off the bat. She was uh, forward to the point. Yeah. And uh, there was no phoniness about it whatsoever. I was convinced right off the bat I was going to try my hardest to get her to pay attention to me better. You entered our lives in 1993. You've known me. You've known us for 25 years. I mean, do you feel like a very different? Do you feel like a different guy from 25 years ago, or do you feel like the same cool? Cool Uncle Doug. I feel well. I mean, I you you folks have always made me feel 
welcome and at home and part of the family, um, that's a good feeling. Yeah. You know, my bones are getting older and things like that, but uh, I actually feel much better than I did when you first met me, which was, you know, when I first met Anne, of course. You feel better now than you did 25 years ago? Oh, yes. Your family kind of oh, you know, made oh. things better. <laughs> That's really nice. I'm very happy yeah. about that. Well, yeah, so am I. To be honest with you. August 22nd. School starts in a week. Ah! <laughs> I took a bath. <laughs> I'm at my mom's. Me and Matt found a little mouse. Oh. It bit me. <laughs> Stupid mouse. Uh, little mouse. Yeah, I mean, dreading the... Start School of, starts in a week. Start of seventh grade. Were you very anxious about starting seventh grade? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I knew what was coming. Yeah. I, didn't I don't think I was anxious because I didn't know enough to be anxious. Right. I assumed it would be a continuation of sixth grade. Yeah. Same as usual. Same, Same as, as usual. You know, uh, hating homework, playing, you know, it just, it didn't, it, I had no idea what was coming. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Well... I would have been much more terrified yeah. if I'd known what was coming. At least your expectations were fairly neutral. I seem to remember thinking, for some reason... Well, your, the salad days were, were just upon around us. the corner. I remember thinking that I was going to be, for some reason... I hadn't thought this before, but that I was going to be very attractive to, to girls. <laughs> but why? I don't know. I think because I had... I had a developing interest in girls. Maybe mm -hmm. like in the past several months for the first time, I was like... I mean, we mentioned that... I had a girlfriend in sixth grade. I was taking an interest. So I think I failed to imagine that maybe girls weren't also yeah. similarly taking oh, an interest yeah. in Oh, yeah. You were like, I'm starting to be interested in girls. Er ergo, right. girls will start to be interested in me. <laughs> yeah. How wrong you were. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I'm really not looking forward to this. I know. But <sighs> the, the good thing is that I had a greater distance to fall. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel good about that. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. You found a little mouse. Found a little mouse, and it bit me. Why did you handle the mouse? If you found a mouse, generally... If you, you find a mouse, pick it up. Unless it's in danger. Like, unless it's trapped somewhere, and you're just I mean, generally, if you see a little mouse... Yeah. You can't pick that mouse up. It's going to get away. Something must have been wrong with this mouse. Yeah. I don't think my mouse-catching abilities were, like, better than anyone else's. Mm -hmm. Did you get checked? Did you go to the doctor? <laughs> nope, I don't think so. Because, I mean, that little mouse could have had rabies. It's true. Um, it didn't. Well, maybe I've had rabies for 25 years. <laughs> I don't know. I just know how I feel. Yeah. Maybe you're a, a rabies carrier, but you don't experience the symptoms. Mm, that's mm -hmm. true. But then anyone I've ever bit would get rabies. And yeah. That's, that's and you've true. bit a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It bit me, stupid mouse. I get it. Yeah. You know, oh, this thing bit me. It's stupid for biting me. But, like... That's in its nature. That's what mice do, man. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Don't pick up a little mouse if you find it. You were anthropomorphizing that mouse. I was. It was little, cute. Surely it won't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. It has the kind of affection for me I have for it. August 23rd. 
me and Matt found a little orange cat. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. We're just going and we're like collecting a menagerie. <laughs> he had two extra fingers on each of his front paws. We named him Max the Mutant. Mm-hmm. I saw men in tights. <laughs> <laughs> Mew, the word mutant, but uh, quote, M-E-W, quote, tant. Yeah. So. That's pretty good. That's a good pun. I, re- I mean, I, I remember that. You remember Max the Mutant? I, I mean, I wasn't there, but I remember thinking then that it was a clever name. Oh, thank that you, you. That you gave to it. Why are me and Matt always finding cats? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cats and mice. We just found, I think this is another case where we just kind of found it. We saw it. We clearly we got close enough to it to count <laughs> yeah. its front it count its front toes. It's not finding. It's like seeing a cat. You saw a cat somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm consistently using the language found, found as if these things were waiting around for us to discover, right. not that they were just living their own independent lives in the world and we came across them and witnessed them briefly. <laughs> yeah. Finding implies like intent. Right. <laughs> Discovery. Yeah. Because we didn't take Max the Mutant home. We just saw him. Mm-hmm. Did we interact with him? Well, you got close enough to recognize that he had two extra... His, his, uh, his polydactylism. What did he have? You said two extra what? Two extra fingers. Okay. Two extra on fingers. each of his front paws. Okay. How many fingers does a cat usually have? I don't know. Four or five? Me. Yeah. I don't know. He probably had seven. Mm-hmm. August 24th. Both of my loose teeth came out. Mm. Yay. I'm bleeding. (laughs) Me, Matt, Joe's dad, and Jimmy went to Burlington. I got a Street Fighter II G.I. Joe, Guile. Oh, Guile. Of course. I have to assume that you were, this was like the end of your tooth losing phase. I would hope it was. Yeah. When did you lose your last baby tooth? Sixth grade. And you're younger than me. I know. What? What was? I wonder why. What was stunted about? Maybe I was developing faster than you. <laughs> I mean, may, probably, clearly, maybe, maybe that that's... you were thinking about girls at this point, and I was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all. It's all a piece. <laughs> I've lost my last tooth. It's time to face manhood. <laughs> time to embrace manhood. <laughs> all the trappings of manhood. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here cuddling mice. <laughs> We talked about me and toys mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. today. I got a toy, a mm-hmm. Street Fighter II G.I. Joe. Yeah. Guile, the army man with the fantastic hair. Was he green or no? Was he green? Yeah. You're thinking of Blanca. Okay. Guile had a an A shirt on, right. army pants, I believe, and a sort of a yellow flat top mohawk right. sort of combo. And he did the sonic boom. Oh, yeah, the Sonic Boom. Usually when there was like a trio of characters, we would, me, you, and Matt, even if we didn't play these things, we would assign like the character to each one of us for whatever reason. This is you, that's you, you're this. Right. And I remember Street Fighter 2, I think I was Ken, Mm -hmm. Matt was Ryu, and I think you might have been either Guile or the green guy. What was his (laughs) name? Blanca. Yeah. Ken and Ryu are like... The two guys. Uh-huh. They're the main Street Fighter guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guile and Blanca are like second tier. Yeah. And I, I wonder, I think it was probably a like that a lot. It was mm-hmm. like you and Matt were these two, like if there were if there were three, if there, like there's a dozen Street Fighter characters. <laughs> right, right. And like the, you and Matt would reserve the main two, whatever. Yeah. And then Jed is the third, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I think, yeah. 
<laughs> it was often me and Matt deciding and then assigning you something and being like, oh, by the way, Jed. Oh, yeah, Jed. You're, oh, you're here? You're this. Uh, you're the green one. <laughs> no, it wasn't even like, oh, you're here. It was more like we would seek you out and say, like, by the way, this is a oh, decision. Just to we let just you know. Yeah, yeah. Me and Matt have decided you're Blanca. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool. Blanca, Blanca, a Brazilian monster man with electricity power. I'll take it. Yeah, I'd rather have that. I wonder if this day... 25 years ago, standing in a toy store in Burlington with my dad, brother, Matt, and Josie's friend, Jimmy, mm-hmm. standing by, tapping their feet impatiently, looking at their watches as I hold Guile and perhaps Blanca mm-hmm. in my hands. And I'm like, Guile or Blanca, Guile or Blanca, which one am I going to go yeah. forward with? Which which one is it? How do I decide? Right. How do, what, what kind of man am I? Am I a Guile man or am I a Blanca man? Mm-hmm. What course is this going to set me off on? What future do I want? Yeah. Which future is for me? Yeah. Again, it's this right or wrong thing. It's like, okay, I'm either a Guile man or a Blanca man, and I have to figure out which one I am right now. Yeah. And I am inherently one of them, and I don't know which one it is. <laughs> right. And I've got to make the right choice. Yeah. But that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You decide if you're a Guile man or a Blanca man at that moment. And the one you choose defines who you are. Mm-hmm. You're neither until you pick a toy. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of breakthrough that I had to have mm-hmm. to get to where I am now—a man who can make decisions with, you know, more with relatively small amounts of uh, discomfort. Mm-hmm. So, if your dad had said, "I'm sick of waiting. Why don't you get both?" Would you have said, "No, I need to learn an important life lesson"? <laughs> I know I would have been like, "Awesome, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> August twenty-fifth. Nothing happened today. We rented Pugsley's Scavenger Hunt and A Link to the Past for SNES. Grandma is here. I went to Taekwondo. I have to pee. <laughs> Another example of me just writing what is happening. <laughs> At that moment. Right, right then and there. Yeah. You rented some SNES games? I sure did. Uh, Pugsley's Scavenger Hunt. Yeah. Starring the son of the Adams family. Yeah. Forgettable. Mm-hmm. And A Link to the Past, mm-hmm. which is, for a lot of people, one of the finest video games ever made. Oh, really? Yes. What do you know about A Link to the Past? I don't know anything other than my guess would be. I'm probably wrong. Is it a Zelda thing? It is. Okay. Yeah. No, you're not that's wrong. That's pretty good for someone yeah. who knows nothing about video games. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. A Link to the Past is the Legend of Zelda video game that came out for the Super Nintendo mm. Entertainment System. Mm-hmm. And it's a masterpiece. Is it? Mm-hmm. Based on, based on what? Just of game design, of style. Okay. I uh, don't remember a ton about it. Yeah. There's a mechanic where partway through the game, you sort of access the shadow world. And some of the game involves you kind of teleporting back and forth between mm-hmm. the regular world and this kind of mirror universe. A link to the episode. that's right (laughs) yeah it blew people away zelda was the princess is that right zelda's the princess and link is the the, link is the boy protagonist is he is he trying to find the princess is that he he is trying to save yeah in each game the princess is stolen or asleep Mm -hmm. or i see hidden away and there's a bad guy the Mm -hmm. bad guy is called ganon Mm -hmm. and he's a evil pig man Mm -hmm. and yeah, the game is basically Link, this young boy, thrust into an adventure. There are elements that are sort of consistent in every Zelda game. There's the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place in the land of Hyrule. 
he has to get the sword and use it to defeat Ganon and save Princess Zelda. Does Link love Zelda? Mm, that's perhaps implied, but their their relationship generally is not not straight up romantic. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's more it's more of a, a an honor and duty kind of thing. Okay. I was gonna say what's the imperative? It's but less honor and duty. Of, yeah, it's less out of love and more out of doing what's right. It's funny. I honor and duty are t- well, duty, yes, but honor is something I don't feel. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> so <laughs> so um that didn't even it didn't I didn't even entertain the the idea that honor could be like a motivating force. Yeah. That could act on someone and push them to do something. Uh, you're not. You won't. You're not going to do anything because you should. You're going to do it because you have to. <laughs> That's duty. Yeah. <laughs> duty. Duty over honor. As we know, as we've established, my memory is garbage, and I wish I remembered more about this game. But I, I don't really remember enough to talk like in depth about this game specifically, mm-hmm. uh, or like you know, I don't have any strong memories related directly to it. But I've got a couple of friends who I think might. Think so? Yeah. Let's do a test. Let's just count it down. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 87. Mm. <coughs> okay, with me, uh, I've gathered two of my closest friends. Two of? Yeah. Are there more? Well, I mean, Tori's. Oh. <laughs> Is why I'm, I'm I'm debating even the usage. I've gathered I'll, two. I'm I've gathered right two now, men I know. There are three people on the bed right now, and none of them is Tory. <laughs> I'm no Tory. The notorious friends. <laughs> we're we're on my bed. People don't know or need to know where we physically. Are. I want Tory to know. Does Tory hang out on your bed when you record the podcast? No, I'm at the foot of the bed. Okay, my two closest friends. Thank you. Thank you. Physically, my close. two physically closest friends to me at this present moment. Mm-hmm. I've gathered here with me uh, Chris Roberti. Hello. And Dennis Slade. Hello. Both listeners of this podcast and men close to my heart. Thank you. Physically. It's an honor to be here. It's interesting to see the diary. Oh, the actual yeah, diary? Yeah, it's, it's much I, I, I smaller. Imagine, yeah, I imagined it to be Vision. less cool. It's much cooler than I thought. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It looks like, like something Indiana Jones would find. That's true. I like to imagine you um, taking this to your sleepovers, and hiding it in your backpack, so and then saying that you have to use the restroom. And then <laughs> I think I might have done it right out in the open. Scribbling away. Fellas, what, what can you tell me about A Link to the Past? One of the best games ever made in terms of design, in terms of graphics, in terms of challenge, and replayability. I still play this game maybe once a year. It holds up. I, I just played it recently, and I played it thinking I had beat it, but realizing quickly I had never beat it as a younger person. And this is very interesting, considering a lot of the thematics in Zelda, that it took me years to come back to it to actually beat it. Just like Link. Just like Link. Adventure of Link is a challenging game. Yeah. Um, the, the last boss, the one before the last boss when you fight yourself, is... One of the harder character, um, one of the harder enemies to fight um, in all of Nintendo, I think. Well, and I think that is also very indicative of the li- life. That the hardest battle you have is with yourself. Dennis, Je- um, your eyes have glazed over. Well, <laughs> I'm just imagining Jed fighting Dark Jed, <laughs> hoping that he can master the the jump downward slash. <laughs> 
He never takes baths. He's but, always wide awake. But Link refreshed. to the Past um, was it was a real game changer, the whole Zelda series, because it was the first game that I think that really toyed with my sense of what was possible in video games, mm-hmm. um, just from the, the elements of the, the, the hidden dungeons or the hidden treasures, just feeling that it was a secret between the, the, the developers and myself to say, hey, if you just are playing around and you use that candle there, you're going to burn that tree, and hey... There's a secret here that just blew my mind. And that was the original Zelda. Um, It blew my seven, eight-year-old mind um, that that was possible. And then for for Link to the Past, they played that trick on you again, where you get, if I recall, the three pendants to get the Master Sword. And then suddenly there's a whole nother game. There's the Dark World. And it's the overworld, but a little bit skewed. And it was like two games in one. And it just amazed me. August 26th. I saw men in tights again. (laughs) This pen is sloppy. And I'm going to show the diary to Tori. It's not that sloppy. I don't think it's sloppier than any of the other pens. Again, the word again is a little like... Yeah. A little messy, but I don't think enough that a comment was necessary. Did you generally write... With a ballpoint. I know that you use gel pens occasionally, but I guess you... A lot of it's pencil. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, that's, that is rare. Yeah. I literally must have just been grabbing... Whatever was at Whatever hand. pen was nearest me. Mm-hmm. Whatever writing implement was nearest me every time. Yeah. The ballpoint is Which, the, the lowliest of yeah, writing I, I utensils. Yeah, I hate it. I don't even think I own a single ballpoint. <laughs> okay. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't deign to have one in my house. <laughs> yeah. But that, that teaches us something about my relationship to this diary, the fact that it wasn't kept in a single place with a single writing implement nearby. Like there was no kind of tradition associated with the writing of it. Mm -hmm. It it was really ad hoc, Mm -hmm. I think. Right. I think that's, that's an assumption we can make. Yeah. Which I think, which makes it all the more impressive that I kept it up for as long as I did. That is impressive. One reason I didn't probably keep a diary is because I can imagine I would have kept the diary in the same place. I would have had the same pen. Already at the beginning, I would have established too many rules for myself. (laughs) And then each day I would be adding more and more to the point where like, I basically perfected myself out of being able to do this thing because I had too many rules and too many ambitions. (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's why I succeeded. Right. Where you might have failed. Yeah. Because the only rule was do it every day. Yeah. There's more to this entry. I got the Master Sword on a link to the past. That is very far. <laughs> I sold Mark two comics for two fifty. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Mark, an appropriate name. <laughs> you found your Mark. <laughs> so, Mark, thanks for taking those off my hands. Um, two fifty. You should have rounded up. Well, a buck twenty-five a piece, man. Yeah, that seems fair. Two used comics in nineteen ninety-three. I saw Men in Tights again yeah. two days later. You was it, it in the theater at that point? Mm-hmm. Or it was. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, really, summer's winding down, and I'm taking full advantage. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to cram it all in. Yeah, Men in Tights, a young Carrie Elways, mm-hmm. a young uh, Dave Chappelle, a young Dave Chappelle. God, great! He is the best part of that movie. Yeah, in one of Mel Brooks's best films. I think. I mean, I think a lot of people would take serious issue with that. But really? I, I mean, Blazing Saddles, mm-hmm. Men in Tights, Spaceballs, 
Those are his three best. Young Frankenstein is my Young favorite. Frankenstein, High Anxiety. You know what? I'm thinking in terms of 1993 Jed. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Who probably loved, I loved it. Spaceballs I mean, I, and Men in Tights. Sure. But I saw Men in Tights twice in the space of three days. Yeah. So clearly I was taken with it. Mm-hmm. Do people not like it? I don't know. I think people remember it fondly, but I don't think it's considered on par with like Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein or the producers. Spaceballs. I don't know. Spaceballs also like is remembered fondly, but it's not wow. considered by the critics. Is this maybe the Mandela effect? <laughs> Am I from a dimension where Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights were much more crit- critically acclaimed? We talked last week about Rookie of the Year, which at the time I remember being like a big important movie. Yeah. Like it, it was, it, we were kids. Oh yeah. So it's for a, us, it's like a scale. Thing it's a scale a thing. Scope it's thing. a perspective thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, still, you know. B- Playing away on Link to the Past, the Master Sword, which I told you about. Yeah. You've made it far. Very far. In the space of, what, a day or two? Yeah, just a day. Mm -hmm. So I say, I got the Master, I say it's very far to get the Master Sword. Is that true? No. No, because you get the the first (laughs) set of quests is the three pendants, and you get three dungeons, and then you can get the Master Sword in the Lost Forest, and then you fight. It It would be like Luke Skywalker saying... Ben Kenobi just gave me the lightsaber. I'm I really think far. I'm done. <laughs> I'm really far. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if Into I even it. made it to the, you didn't. the dark world more but than that's, just the game. That's one no, of the great but... things about Zelda. I think Zelda, it's like at a certain point you think you 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 think it's one thing and then it just sort of blossoms into this larger thing which isn't, is very satisfying isn't that a little bit about when you're a child though you make it to junior high and you say I, i've that's a that's a, i've come a long way yeah. it's junior high and then you get to high school and you say surely this is the master sword and yeah. then there's a whole dark world of college um, <laughs> and adulthood and adulthood so i wish i had a link to the i mean you know what guys yeah, you do. You do have a link to the past. You got a link to the past right here in my hot it's little this, hands. It's this book, which yeah. is we've been thinking about for months, and now I get to see it. Yeah. It's interesting that Link's device to travel between the worlds is a mirror. Through self-reflection, oh. he can he can put these two worlds together, and I think this is it's pretty obvious these are both hemispheres of the brain. And with as long if you're reflective from one hemisphere of the brain to the other, that's when you can really travel that. It's the id, the superego, and the ego. Three things. Three things. One thing. The Triforce. The Holy Spirit. So the Mother of God. Link connects the two hemispheres of the brain. I don't know. I was so just I started down a path, and I Link thought, is the Corpus Callosum. Yes. Okay. August 27th. I took a bath last night. <laughs> last night. <laughs> I rented A Link to the Past again. I beat Aganim. Ooh. Josie is gone. Hmm. Two more days till school. Ah! Ah! It rained tonight. I lost my binder. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I lost two days before school. I lost my binder. What am I going to do? How did I lose my binder? I don't know. What was I doing? <laughs> you lost it in the rainstorm. Uh, maybe maybe Josie took it when he vanished. <laughs> Where is he? Josie is gone. Josie's gone. <laughs> we have to remember, I'm writing 
what is true about that exact moment. Right. This is not a statement about the day, maybe. Mm-hmm. This is literally, at this moment, Josie's not here. Right. <laughs> Josie yeah. is gone. Right. The first day of seventh grade is fucking Monday. What is this day? This I- is Friday. What else can we squeeze out of this day? I'm feel- I know. I'm feeling a little anxiety myself. Aganim. It's A-G-A-H-N-I-M. It's the, the main bad guy. Just a form of Ganon or a, a okay. form that Ganon has taken on or, mm-hmm. or a disciple of Ganon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the end of the game. I feel like if I beat the game, I would have said I beat the game. Yeah. But I beat I beat a character. I beat a late level boss in this game. I, I beat I beat Aganim, which is... I think you guys are telling me halfway through the game. Not even halfway. Maybe a third. Oh my god. Maybe a third. Okay. No, it, you beat him and then he like flies away to the dark world. And the dark world is a parallel world. Yes. And it's where Hyrule was corrupted oh. if Ganon acquired the Triforce. That's why it was darker oh. and more perverted. In the past. Um, I'm not really sure if it really it matters if the... it's in the past. Okay. I, I don't know. But remember, people been? change forms in the dark world based on their nature, and you need the moon pearl. Mm. Otherwise, you turn into a pink rabbit. Yeah. Which is so your true self is a pink rabbit, yeah, which is not a bad links, thing to be. Link deep, deep down at heart, a pink rabbit. Yeah. So that's three palaces you had to beat in the first world. Yeah. And then you beat Agonim, <laughs> and then you have to beat seven oh my God. palaces. Incredible. And then... So much replay value. Here's my question for you guys. If you went to the Dark World without the Moon Pearl... Mm -hmm. What animal would I be? What animal would you turn into? I think I would be a turtle. Okay. I think I'm very cautious by nature. I don't like to take risks. I like a protective environment Mm -hmm. to live in. What color? Um, Maybe a, a blue turtle. I like lettuce. Chris? Um... What animal would I be? I don't know, man. A bug. <laughs> what kind of bug? What, what color bug? What color bug? Yeah. Um, red, like blood color bug. <laughs> little blood, blood bug. Little blood bug. Blood blood yeah. bug. Okay. I, I think mean, I'd be a green dog. A green dog. Hmm. Green dog, blue turtle, blood red bug. Best of friends. School in two days. That's it. The summer's over. Summer's over. Now it's just a weekend. Oh now my god! It's just god, a normal it's weekend. Just a weekend before we face. We're almost seventh graders. Yeah. I'm really not looking forward to this. Yeah. I feel anxiety for this shift in your life, but that's obviously because I know what's coming. <laughs> I just wonder what mental preparations or actual preparations you're making for seventh grade. I mean, uh, as far as I can tell, just losing my binder (laughs) and getting a single new pair of pants. I was stocking up on, in addition to new school clothes, I mean, just a bunch of like Jurassic Park uh, paraphernalia. (laughs) I'm sure it was good. You were like, wait, are the girls see this? Yeah, pencils, Trapper Keepers, the whole whole thing. (laughs) And I had a very specific God. sense. This is I was shifting over to jeans. I was like, okay, jeans are the thing. How did you know jeans were the thing? Well, I wasn't getting the right jeans, but I knew that jeans... I don't know how I knew. I also knew that Nikes were the thing. I didn't know either of those. Really? <laughs> you know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? I don't know. You don't? I really don't know how I... You just I, knew uh, somehow you picked it up I picked somewhere. it up. Mm-hmm. Watching JTT on Home Improvement. I mean, probably. Yeah, just picking it up from... See, you were were probably more aware Mm -hmm. 
of the world than I was. I'm cuddling wild animals <laughs> <laughs> and and watching movies and 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 renting video games. Uh-huh. You know, and being bored my awareness of of what's going on outside of my immediate circle is is basically nothing yeah i mean i also thought people were gonna go crazy for my jurassic park (laughs) trapper keeper (laughs) you win some you lose some (laughs) but you were definitely more aware of what was coming than i was maybe yeah (sighs) well that's that's it Mm -hmm. for the last week of summer Summer is over. Mm-hmm. It flew by then and it flew by now. I hope everyone had a great summer. I do too. Um, you know, when people write in the yearbook at the end of the school year, have a great summer. I'll see you next year. This here, is, here it comes. This is what they're talking about. We had, we had a great summer. We did. And we're about to see you next year. We're going to seventh grade next week. Yeah. <sighs> Jedder Diaries, Jedder Diaries, that's the name of this podcast. And now this episode is through.